Really, today, I want to I preach a specific sermon that God has downloaded into me over the last couple of years now, and, and it's the root of why I wanted to talk to you on this subject today. In order to set the stage for that, though, I've got to show you this video. Take a look at it with me. I want to ask you to personalize a question today. The question is this. Who do people see me follow? Personalize that. Who do people see you follow? You know, the reason why I ask that question is because is the singular most observable action of a Christian is supposed to be that they are an awesome follower, not a leader. We live in a world where leadership is sexy. It is. It's very attractive. In fact, there's a lot of information out there about how to become a, a great leader. If you were to walk into any local bookstore, here's what you would find. If you were to ask, hey, where do I find a section on leadership, they would direct you to that. If you were to ask, where do I find a section on followership? What? There is no section on followership. What are you? Loser? You want to be a follower? Come on, man. You want to be a leader. The singular most observable action of a Christian is that they would be a really excellent follower. But guys like John Maxwell and Jim Collins and Warren Bennis, they don't write books like that. They want us to become greater leaders. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a greater leader. But as a Christian, I believe that we should all be figuring it out as to what it means to be a great leader follower. Matthew wrote the words of Jesus as he heard them in chapter 10 verses 38 and 39 saying, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Now Matthew understood what Jesus meant by the word follow. So let me, let me explain to you what, what Matthew and the rest of the disciples understood follow to mean. It meant that they were going to literally hang with him, with Jesus. Why did they know that? Well, here's the reason why. From birth up to about age 12, they were in an environment where somebody was always their teacher. In fact, they would go to a school, and at that school, they would follow their teacher and learn the Torah, which is the books of Genesis through Deuteronomy. Not just learn it, they would memorize it, every single one of them, up until the age of 12. After that, if they were a bright kid and they showed a lot of promise, they may go on to memorize the Psalms and the writings and the prophets and all kinds of other things. But ultimately, they were in an environment, they were always following the teaching of somebody. And really in that environment, the ultimate respectful job, career, position, leadership role that could be held was that of a rabbi or a teacher. And anytime somebody saw a rabbi or a teacher, it was ultimately like, whoa, rock star. And they wanted to be like them. And in order to be a rabbi, you first had to become the best or greatest follower of a rabbi. And how would that happen? Well, a rabbi uh, would maybe ask you, I, can on, I only know of three in the history of rabbis, uh, at least at that point in time, that actually went to a, a young man and would say, would you be my Talmud or would you be my disciple? Would you be my follower? Most of what happened is, is a kid would be like, 
Hey, Rabbi, would, would you let me follow you? And if they said yes, then, oh, honor, awesome, everything's great. And they follow him around. And if no, then it's like, oh, do the family trade. And uh, that's the way it happened for, for most kids. Because only the best and the brightest ever made it into even being a follower, let alone a great follower of a rabbi. But with Jesus, things were different. Jesus was believed to be the Messiah. See, with him, it wasn't like it would have been with some other rabbi. With Jesus, him being the Messiah, he was going to be an eternal rabbi. With others, if you were the greatest follower, you might be able to take over for his position after he passed away or moved on. But with Jesus being believed to be the Messiah, every single one of his disciples would have been thinking, I am always going to be a follower. Always. I am never going to be in his place. Now, while a Talmud or a disciple would follow around their rabbi, it was to do more than just to learn what it is that the rabbi knew. A far greater passion was involved in that and where they wanted to become like him. See, sometimes I think in our world or in our culture, we think of a student-teacher kind of a relationship. I can go to college or I can go to high school or I can go to grade school. It doesn't matter. And I might like my teacher, but I'm not really interested in becoming like them. I just want to know what they know so that I can teach other people what they know. Not true with the Talmud or a disciple. It was, I want to become like you. I'm not just taking information from you. I want to learn your mannerisms and your behaviors, how you act in certain circumstances, and I want my life to transform into when people see me, they go, wow, that looks just like Jesus. That's what these guys understood. And so that was the concept that they, they pursued after and I want to ask that question again. Who do people see me follow? Do they see me follow my friends and family? Do they see me follow God or do they see me follow who God told me to follow? An example of that would be governmental leaders, our president, our governor, local leaders, mayors, county commissioners. Do they see us really follow. Friends, family, our kids, really follow. Romans 13, 1 and 2 says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Now, we certainly do live in a day and age where yeah, you might think that some of our governmental leaders have kind of lost their way. Maybe they don't even recognize that God exists anymore. And that's tough. And I, I know that it's hard. But when Paul was writing this to the church in Rome, there was this guy who was in charge of everything at that time. He was the emperor of Rome, and his name was Nero. If you've not heard of him, go look it up in the history books. And what will be said about him is perhaps that he was the worst dictator over any country or any kingdom or any people at any time in the history of civilization. The worst. So, even though you might think that the Obama administration sucks, I think that what God is trying to say is, is suck it up, buttercup. Deal with it. I put him there, and I, what I want you to do is follow without lip. At least that's what I hear from him. Be a great follower. Be a great follower. That's hard. 
Do your friends and family, do your kids, see you follow spiritual leaders? Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. You see, Christ taught these disciples. He invested into them. He gave them responsibility. As it says here in this verse, he gave them responsibility and a lineage of other peoples, including myself, a responsibility to teach people the things of God. Essentially what that means, though, is this. It's my responsibility to be such a good leader at teaching other people how to be a great follower. Not necessarily teaching other people how to be a great leader. He taught these disciples these apostles, and he continues to teach those who he gifts to the church how to be the best followers so that they can lead other people and teach them what it means to be a great follower. If I as a pastor or them as disciples, as apostles, weren't great followers, they would therefore be disqualified to even lead. God wanted them and placed them in a position to lead. In fact, Paul was the one who made this statement. As I follow Christ, follow me. So he contains in this little message to people in the church, it's not just about following me as your leader, it's about following me as I follow. Does that make sense? That's what Christians are supposed to be known for. The most observable action of them is to be a follower. The writer of the book of Hebrews, we don't know who it is, he had this to say though. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 17, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of faith or example of their faith. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now the writer here is not suggesting that you just follow blindly your church leaders. Of course not, in some kind of a cultic manner. That's not what he's saying there. What he's talking about is if somebody is following the Jesus traditions and God has empowered them and given them responsibility and authority, then follow them. Don't get caught up in the stupid, silly, insignificant things that don't matter. And I, as a pastor for a lot of years now, have watched some of those things happen. And it just blows me away. Where you get into the middle of a building campaign and people start turning it away. They don't follow their spiritual leaders anymore. You know, we, we have expectations of certain people who are not just an attendee or not just a member. They're, they're not just even a volunteer. We're investing in them as leaders, and yet we expected them to actually attend church here and to contribute financially. And some of them are like, what? Are you kidding me? And off they go. They find a new spiritual leader. I've even watched people be like, listen, man, I like to teach or hear teaching done verse by verse rather than topical. And off they go, finding some spiritual leader that will meet their need the way they want it. And folks, I tell you, it breaks my heart to see this. And here's the reason why. It's almost as if they're treating spiritual leaders as if it's like somebody on the freeway going fast. Let me explain. If I'm going to go from Spokane to the Oregon coast, I'm a guy. I want to get there as fast as I can with no potty breaks. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Thank you very much. And if someone happens to go blitzing by me in the fast lane, doing 20 or more over the speed limit, I have a choice right then. Am I going to let my kids see me follow the rules and go the speed limit? (laughs) 
Or am I going to set the cruise control as fast as that guy's going so that if there's a cop ahead, he gets a ticket and not me? I'm going to set the cruise control in speed. I, I do. I, I, I'm ashamed. God, forgive me. But here's the deal. Am I really following that guy? Is he really my leader? Of course not. If he turns off somewhere along the way and decides to go to Washington instead of Oregon, sayonara. I'll slow down, but I am not following you. You are not my leader. Even though it looked for a while there like I was following you because you were going the same direction, I'm happy, I'm excited, and it's all good because we're going the same direction and you're my leader. He's not my leader. Does that make sense? And that's sometimes what people treat spiritual leaders like. In fact, when we do that, when we, when we walk away from that, it sends such a loud message, a very loud message. And here's another loud message that gets sent. And I, I'm sorry to pick on sports fans, but sometimes I feel like the best example of followership that people see sometimes in a church is the allegiance that an individual has to their favorite sports team. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, if a spiritual leader disappoints you, gone. But if your team sucks, and they disappoint you, and they lose the big game, and they hire a terrible coach, and they go after free agents or whatever that are just bombs, and your heart is broken because you like the Seahawks, or you like the Mariners, or you like the Cougars, you still follow them. Year after year, you wear their t-shirts, and you buy their stuff, and you paint your cars, and your, all that. you still follow. But if a spiritual leader disappoints you, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. When God said, I've placed these guys here for this purpose, for this reason, and I want you to follow. What about your friends and family or your kids with work? Do they see you follow your boss? Or do they hear you just badmouth that supervisor or that boss? Are you the kind of person that no matter where you work, your boss is an absolute idiot because they just can't recognize how amazing you are. Colossians 3, 22 through 24 says, slaves, let me just stop right there for a second. Uh, in that culture, in that time, there were indeed, there were people that were purchased. They were in a role or in a, an area of responsibility to somebody who had a legal binding right to them. We don't have that anymore. So let me change this around. Employees, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as you reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Now, for those of you still listening, you, uh, you might be thinking, man, this dude is really angry. He is busting my chops here today. Um, that's really not the case at all. It's, it's mine. My chops are getting busted. See, I get that we live in a world where leadership is promoted. It's applauded. It's praised. I get that followership oftentimes is looked upon as being a, a, really a, a weaker position. That it's something that people who just don't have what it's cut out, you know, to lead, they're going to have to follow. I get that. That's what our world says. 
I get that. And I've, I've lived in that way, and I've strived in that way. And God had to do some work in my life. You see, a little more than two years ago, I was the senior pastor of a church that uh, at that time was larger than what East Point is now. And I had some respect from some of my peers, not all of them, but there were some people who would say, oh yeah, that Matt King guy, he's, he's a great leader. Wow. And then other people are like, well, I won't tell you what they said. <laughs> but it was nice. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it felt good to have people think of me as being a person of significance or importance. But God called me out of that in a really a really precious moment to me came when I knew that God was saying, Matt, I need you to leave this. And his words to me were, Matt, I know you can lead, but you need to learn how to follow. And it just, it still does to this day, just crushed me. It did, it really did. It just crushed me. I, I never really stopped to argue with God and say, I'm a great follower. No, I, I knew. Dude, you got me. I don't display the single most observable action that a Christian should display, and that's how to be a really excellent follower first. And so, God brought me here, and he brought me to a place where I would begin to learn that, and I've had people invest into me and show me, and I have to tell you, even though it's been some of the hardest years of my life, it's been some of the best and most incredible years of my life, if I have experienced, as I have experienced a joy in seeing what it's like to become the kind of person that a leader would look at and say, I am so grateful for your followership. I'm so grateful that I can count on you, that I can lean on you, and that I can depend on you, and that I will know that without question that you will have my back and that you will always be there to follow my lead, regardless of whether or not you think it's good or bad or just plain old silly that you'll follow. And I am learning. I'm not saying that I've got that all figured out, okay? I'm not. I'm far from it. But I have experienced something that it, it, it's been a, a work in progress for me, and it's how to really serve. You see, I believe that Jesus led by example, that he modeled for his disciples, his Talmud, what it meant to be an excellent follower of God. And he did that by the way that he served, and then he, he, he chose to develop that service in them. Luke 25, 20, or excuse me, 22, 25 through 26 says this. In this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are all called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. I want to end it with this last question. Who am I leading to be a better follower? Who am I leading to be a better follower? Make a mental list or an actual list. It doesn't matter. Is it your kids? Is it your friends? Is it people at work? Is it some of your family members? When they look at you, who do they see you follow? Or do they see you just kind of go by your own set of rules, doing whatever it is that you like, and you move through life inadvertently teaching them that basically you follow your own gut. You follow whatever it is that you think is the right thing to do. Who do they see you follow? And how do you even intentionally raise them up, train them up, if they're your kids, or if they're your friends or your family or your peers? How do you let them know, I do this because I want to be a great follower? How do you do that? Again, 
It's not easy. Our culture, our culture doesn't really believe in that. Our colleges and universities, they will able to, they're able to give you a degree in leadership. They will teach you in that. Some of you may even have a degree in leadership of some form or another. And while the books are out there, the magazine articles are out there, the online articles are out there, all kinds of information is out there how to teach you how to be a great leader and the rest of the world and our culture. Who is there, if not us, to teach people how to be a great follower? That's what I believe God has called me to do, and I believe that's what God's called every single one of you to do. And I'm asking you to join me in it. Let me pray for you. Father, I am so grateful for your patience. I'm so grateful, too, that you love me like a dad and that you can come to me and while giving me an attaboy and saying, Matt, I know you can lead. Good job. You also brought to me loving correction and discipline where you confronted me about my inability to follow. You did that in a loving and kind way. Lord, my prayer is, is that these words that I've offered to people here today, that they would take them in a loving and kind way. That they would not hear somebody trying to beat them about the head with how to be a, a follower and they need to not be a leader. I pray that they would learn what it means to lead, to make other people great followers. Lead by example what it means to be a great follower. I thank you for the reminder in my life and that's what I've tried to do here, Lord. So I pray that you would do what I can't do and that you would remove away any obstacles from people hearing that. And if there was something, Lord, that, that got in the way, some distraction, something, Lord, I know that you can work through that. You can help people get the right message. Lord, I also believe that there are those who are in this room who want to follow you, but they don't even know how to start. They don't know where to begin. And I, I, if that's you, I'm going to offer a prayer as if I were you. And you can make these words your own or change them up. State them any way you want to, quietly to yourself. But it's just to get you started. And the prayer is very simple. It's like this. It's, Lord, I, I want to surrender. I want to give up. Hands in the air, give up. I, I've treated this life as if it were my life, to do whatever I want to with it. And I, I don't like what I've done. And I want you to take it over. I want you to give me your spirit and take control and lead. You have the steering wheel. I'll sit in the passenger seat. I will follow you show me what to do and I'll follow. Show me who you want it is, who you want me to follow and I'll follow. And if you want me to forgive somebody, Lord, I'll, I'll forgive them. Help me to have the strength to be able to do that. And if, if, if there's anything that you want me to do in life, please provide me with the wisdom to be, to be able to do it. But I want to follow you from this day forward. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my sin to you. I surrender my will to you. You take over. I'm done. This is the end of me and the beginning of you. And if that's your prayer, the Bible says that God will fill you with his Holy Spirit and he will mark, seal, and identify you as his own. And you may even be feeling that right now. Lord, bless these people. Bless them. I know you love them. I know that every single one of them you know and you care for them deeply. Move in their hearts in a way that only you can. And I pray this in Christ's name. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing through this last song, and then I'll come back up and dismiss us. I want to thank you guys again for coming today. And if you were one of those people who made that prayer your own, 
I want to invite you on your way out, grab one of these packets. They're back on the back tables by the, the exit doors. Inside of it is some stuff to help you get started, to start moving you forward in your relationship with Christ. Make sure you, you tell somebody. Also, if you need prayer, you make your way forward. Everybody is making their way out. We have communion available at the front uh, corners here of the auditorium today for you if you want to take that. Great to have you guys here. God bless you as you go. Hopefully we'll see you next week.